Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bob Lab Podcast. My name is Jason Stalakis, and we have a very special guest on, uh, Jeff Brown. Um, Jeff, you want to introduce yourself? That's what Yeah, I'll make myself present. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jason. A, a lifelong Red Sox fan. I don't live in the uh, 617 any longer, but I did grow up there. I grew up in Somerville, Massachusetts. The, the Bleachers was my home for many, many, many summers. Throughout my years as a kid, uh, I currently live out in uh, Illinois, where I'm one of four of the Off the Monster podcast, Monster, uh, with uh, a few fun fun guys. Uh, we we just keep it very um, off the rails. Is what we're probably going to end up naming it during the um, off season because it seems like the off season's coming quicker than we can predict with the way this the last four games have gone. Ah, man, it's like a real kick to the uh you know what's this last weekend i did not see them getting swept by st louis yeah that that hurt i did not yeah. see that coming i'm like everybody was down on st louis saying how bad they are and i'm like man they're gonna come into town and watch and they're gonna play their best baseball and they don't get me wrong they had they i think they had won their last series too so they were starting to ease their way up and Wainwright had looked like he was freaking 30. The guy's 85 years old out there. Um, and our pitches, don't don't get me wrong, our pitches I think look great. Could anybody have predicted uh Paxton going out there and throwing out at nine? I think nine on Friday, right? I didn't watch it. I had some of them. Yeah, I, I did get yeah, I watched it on um the app. I had some stuff going on too. I had some family in town with Mother's Day and whatnot, but and then Saturday, sale at another outstanding game. And the thing yeah. that we 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 had held our hat on uh, the entire season, I would say, was the bullpen. And the bullpen just imploded the last three, four, well, now four games. Because I think they had a chance in this game tonight, but it just, well, Brian, Ryan Brazier's not there. <laughs> we'll talk about it <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, Ryan Brazier's not there to uh, put the blame on anymore. But I think the bullpen is a little tired. It got overworked in the first, um, what, 40-plus games of the season. And we're seeing the results of that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. happens when you tax the bullpen. Um, you know, your starting rotation, like you mentioned, kind of. You know, it's not good. And that's what's leading to the taxing of the bullpen. And we're seeing it very early in mid-May, which is not good. If 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 we're gonna see signs of the bullpen wearing out, I'd I want to see it in like August rather than May. Um, we saw John Schreiber; he left with lat tightness, which is not good. Um, yeah, and they're currently getting their butts. I'm gonna say butts. I don't want to cost as much. <laughs> they're currently getting their butts handed to them. Three home yeah. runs let yeah. up by this pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not an Alex Cora apologist. You'll never hear me say that. Um, <laughs> I always felt a bad taste in my mouth, even with the the World Series that he's won with us. I thought he ruined Ryan Brazier. He absolutely overused him. He was back in the day where you could bring a guy in for one or two hitters. He was that guy, but he was stretching Ryan Brazier out to one or two innings, and Brian Brazier had never been that guy. He, he was never meant to be that guy. And I know people will say, well, the bullpen coach is in charge of the bullpen. No, the Red Sox coach. The Red Sox manager is in charge of that. The, everything 
the ins and out of that baseball team 24-7. So I, I lay the blame with Alex Cora for Ryan Brazier getting away. I lay the blame at, for, at Alex Cora's feet for the way the bullpen um, has been mishandled this year. And not all of it's his fault. The uh, starting rotation has been, uh, I mean, it's been atrocious. You know, it's been extremely inconsistent. There are glimmers of light. I thought, you know, obviously Tanahout gave up uh, that two-run bomb. Uh, he left a couple guys on that I think he got runs on too. But I thought he pitched a great game tonight. I thought Chris Sale pitched a great game. I thought James Paxton pitched a great game. Uh, I don't think Nick Pavetta's pitched a great game in a long time. I don't think Klubot has pitched a great game in a long time. Those are two guys – I, I don't see any reason to keep them in the lineup, uh, the starting five, but I just see a guy like Alex Corey. He's he's an older, well, maybe not older, but um, he's an old school coach, and he's going to always side on the um, with the veterans. Yep. So you know when you see Bayo get down, and I get that he has options, but it's still not fair for that kid. Um, his production that he's putting out there, his development to put him down and bring him back up. Yeah, I don't care what you say. It gets to the psyche of a player, right? If you're, you're shifting him up and down. And I'm sure he, down deep as a, what is he, 22, 23-year-old? Yeah. He understands the business of baseball. But 22, that young, do you really understand the business of baseball? You just want to be out there slinging rocks. The one thing I will say, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, Cora does love veterans. I feel like he likes guys who can trust. He can trust like JD Martinez for many years. He knew he could trust him. He never pinch hit for him. Uh, he trusts a guy like right now, Kike Hernandez, although he has his defensive mishaps, just leadership wise. He'll trust Justin Turner. He trusted Bogarts for many years. And I just don't I just think he, he he'll obviously side with the veterans. He's a player's manager, but I just think he doesn't like developing. He wants to win. So he doesn't like to develop guys, like younger guys, because I think he said in a press conference when they optioned Bayo the first time, and apparently Bayo was a little upset. He's like, We need we need arms. Like his the bullpen was tired. If you if you remember that, and he goes, yeah, this wasn't a he's bad decision. It was just a big baseball business decision. So and I think that's like, where they brought up uh, Bernardino. Yeah, first, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and now he's burnt out because uh, they've overpitched him. And do I think Alex Cora is an abysmal coach? No, um, I think he has some good attributes. For instance, last year's team, um, I think a lot of bad things were happening in in that locker room. And Alex Cora is the reason why it didn't get out. Uh, he makes sure that whatever happens in that locker room stays within that locker room. But uh, on the other end, yeah, it aggravated the hell out of me this weekend, especially when it came to the pitch clock violations with, um, oh, Kenley Jansen. You know, he didn't get out there and fight for him. He never, you never see him get off that damn bench and go fight for his damn players. And it pissed me off. You know, when um, I, I can't remember who it was, Devers, who slid into second base. And it, it was obvious yeah, it was that Devers. he was not, 
he was not tagged out. And I get that you have only a certain amount of time, but it's the eighth friggin' inning. What are you saving your what are you saving your challenge for? I don't are know. You, what are you doing? Are you, are you in a coma? You gotta be aggressive with those sometimes. Like if you lose, right. whatever. Whatever. It it just sends the wrong. I think to me, as I play baseball, did I ever play professionally? Absolutely not. But your coach sends a message to the players that, that he's there for them. You know, he's going to fight for balls and strikes. He's going to sit there and eat away at the the umpire behind the plate. And I don't think Cora sends that message that he's there for the players. He, he might be. You know, he's a great politician in the locker room. He says what he needs to say to ensure plays are up and down and all around. But I, 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 I just can't fight for the guy. And I don't think he's the future of this Red Sox because the youth movement is coming. The youth movement is absolutely coming in. It's here right now. You know, I was thinking about it the last couple of days. In the outfield, the youth movement is here. You got Massa, Duran, and Doogie. And God, I'm so happy for Duran. He, he looks like a different man out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think the person who got a hold of him needs a medal, an award, because he needed his confidence back, and somebody took him aside and got got him that confidence back. And, yeah, he did change his swing path. It's uh, straight through the strike zone now. It's flattened now. Um, but then you move to the infield, and I don't think Valdez is the second baseman of the future. I think Story's going to have to move back there eventually once Marcelo Meyer comes up. But for this year and next year, you got Devers. You got Story, which I, I heard ESPN saying, oh, he'll be back at shortstop. I'm like, oof. Mm-hmm. You know, coming off that elbow surgery, do we really? I don't know if we want him back at shortstop. I, his, his, um, and I, I'm not a statistician on this. Uh, the speed he can get to, I, I know they rate that. Yeah. Uh, ask Derek. The, the, ask Derek. Yeah, stats. yeah. If stats yeah. was here. Stats. Text me when you listen to this podcast. And let me know what it is. Whatever that speed that the fielder can get to the to first base, and, and Story doesn't have that anymore. I know it rates low in the major in major league because we did a podcast and talked about this during the off season because I've never been a Trevor Story fan. I thought they extremely overpaid for him. It was a it was a knee jerk reaction because they hadn't done anything that year. And well, we got to make a splash, you know, make the fans happy, kind of like the Devers signing. But the Devers signing was uh, much more prolific uh, for the fans. Yeah, that was more because, ownership, too. Yeah. So, and you got Cassis. I, and I really believe Cassis came out of it. And if Cassis hits even between 220 and 250, I don't give a shit. His glove, he, he's going to be a gold glover one day. I have no doubt about that. I mean, what are your thoughts on, uh, Cassis, do you think he's going to be a gold glover? Look, I think it's too early to tell, but the, if the way he's been playing, if he takes the next step, then yeah, I think so. I think the biggest question with him, though, comes with the bat, because right now he's below the Mendoza line, and as a rookie, I typically look at that, and I'm like, okay, clearly something's wrong. You got to go figure it out elsewhere. So I don't know if the answer is to send him the AAA. He's been heating up, but... There's no place, there's nobody to put at first base, though. Exactly. You have Dahlbeck. And that's what I'm saying. Well, Dahlbeck, I I read uh, an article on Sports Illustrated yesterday that he's evidently on the trade market. I don't know how true that is. It is Sports Illustrated. That's a 1990s (laughs) uh, (laughs) point of reference. 
Uh, I don't know how reliable Sports Illustrated is anymore. Do you, do you see the title of the article? It was like fan favorite slugger. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, when I saw that first, I'm like, what? And then I said, oh, it's just all back. Yeah, it was, it was, definitely, it was yeah. definitely a clickbait um, headline. Uh, then Connor Wong, I, he's definitely got some more pop in the bat than I, I would have predicted. He's a 10 to 20 home run guy potentially. And his speed for a catcher, I mean, his catching abilities and tech is there. I, I'm sure he will help him out, and he's come a long way since last year. But there's still some room for improvement. Uh, before I go any further into this, I I do want to talk about Cassis. Did you watch the ESPN broadcast last night? Yeah, I know exactly what I think you're going to allude to right now, and I think yeah. that was a dumb question. Yeah, it was. It, I, I actually I loved the fact that they were interviewing. Let me put it that way. Am I a fan of it? Yeah, I, I as a fan, I'm like I'm worried that. He's going to get distracted by questions, and we'll get to right? that question in a second, uh, and not lose and lose focus of what's going on around him. But I'm listening to Kevin Millar. He's like, we're not paying attention anyway. Uh, he's he's broadcasting with Obi oh. tonight, and he's like, we're really not paying attention to anything anyway. So I'm like, okay, but he's such a he's such a out there dude, Cassis. It's so it was so much, it was so entertaining to listen to him because. He, I can't remember who got on. Um, was it Arenado? I yeah, it was Arenado. I wasn't, I, I wasn't really he, watching. And either. he, he said, "Why don't you ask Arenado for his uh, jersey?" Oh, yeah. He's like, "Really? Should I? Should I do that?" <laughs> yeah, he was like a fifteen-year-old kid. Should I really ask him for his jersey? And he asked him. He's like, "Oh, there's no hits left in this jersey because <laughs> he did actually destroy the Red Sox over the weekend." Um, but yeah, I mean. Then the stupidity just arrived in, in their broadcast uh, booth and asked, well, you know, it's Mother's Day. How do you feel? I'm like, how do you feel? His mother's dead. Ever ever have those moments where you're like, and you just hear the thing on the TV, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa what? That was what? like what I was yeah. doing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I mean. I get, I get ESPN is, has has like special, like, abilities to interview players like that but like really oh they're special all right <laughs> yeah their ratings are tanking like you wouldn't believe but um yeah it, it was really embarrassing to watch that i mean i'm not a sportscaster i always dreamed of being a sportscaster as a kid you know sitting down there doing the box uh put in the you know inning by inning but it, it was embarrassing to listen to um, but to get back, you know, I think there the youth movement is coming. I think Meyer, maybe not 2024, definitely 2025. Um, we we don't know if he's going to solidify the shortstop position, but he, if he if he wasn't, he would have uh, dropped by now his uh, ranking, top MLB ranking. Um, yeah, what I've been hearing is he could be a top three prospect by the end of the year. Yeah, and Blaze Jordan is absolutely ripping it up down there and i think they had him at first base right it was blaze jordan the first base i think he's a corner infielder yeah um so then they have to put him at first can he go to second i mean can he i don't know if he the range to play second i don't Um, know you gotta you gotta trade someone i think in the future because right now the infield is very crowded oh it's extremely crowded you have mayor you have Story for a couple of years. You have 
um, Valdez, and then mm-hmm. Casa. So and Jor Blaze Jordan. So you got to make some decisions soon. And well, you get that, Nick York too, and Nick York. You yeah. got to trade them. Yeah, and you, improve the major league team. Like w- trade them and get like a start a front end starter. Like I don't see I don't see why we can't do that. Yeah, I don't know how far along until we get like a Brandon Walters up in major league. I don't know if that's yeah. twenty twenty five. It feels like a oh, Brandon Walters. Gonna... I think will be soon. He's like yeah. twenty six years old too. Yeah, weird. Uh, Rafaela, did you see him? He he steal six bases and bases in one game. I can't believe they put the him in double weekend. A. I still can't wrap my head around that. They they want to keep him in double A. He'll get promoted soon. Yeah, it's weird. I, I just I'm happy to see that these kids get all getting the development they deserve. I sometimes wonder some that the Red Sox really drag their heels on pushing guys through development because you look at teams like Tampa and Pittsburgh, does it not seem like they push their guys quicker through development and into the big leagues a lot quicker? Okay. And maybe because they're a lower stress um organizations there's not as much stress i'll say this and i'll transition into something else while we're here too i mean this i'm gonna answer your question though tampa bay has a system where all their prospects turn out to be these dominant relievers not so much on the hitting side hitting is different i mean they hit on wander franco and the good pickups like a rosarena but in terms of their pitching they just have a system of if they're in their Tampa Bay minor leagues, they'll be solid. And then there are a lot of guys on their 40-man roster and in their AAA who should be in, at the major league level. That's why they keep bringing up these guys, and they're good. So it, it just happens that there are only 26 spots on the active roster. Um, I think me and... Me yeah. and um, I think me and stats did that on their last episode, but I think speaking of Tampa Bay and pitching, I think my big take is Ryan Brazier is going to go to Tampa Bay and become <laughs> the next best thing since Mariana River. <laughs> That's my next. Well, take. yeah, I think he'll, he'll go someplace and they'll use him properly. Yes. He won't be overused. He won't be put into positions. You can't bring Brazier in the middle of an inning. Brazier has to come in and clean innings. Uh, that was one area that Cora uh, did not use him right. He overplayed him, which yeah, he would have a great inning. Then he bring it back out for another inning. Like he's not that guy. Be happy what you got, what you got from him, and move on. Yeah, I, I used to love watching the Red Sox in the early two thousands, where you knew every game, good or bad who was coming out of that bullpen, seven, eight, and nine. And I just, I have a really good feeling that the Red Sox can do that, especially if, and I I don't know if this will be a popular opinion, is putting Whitlock in the eight hole, in the eighth inning spot. Uh, He's just too dominant not to, right? Right. And we know he's dominant like that. And I'm, I I think uh, I'm ready to sail the, ship or have move on from the fact that Whitlock is probably not a starter because the first couple times we've seen it the um from all, a lot of the outings I've seen except for maybe two 
the for, and that was the first ever outing as a starter where Whitlock won like 70 pitches and then um the one against the Angels this season you know he's just been okay like nothing exciting i think if anything he's below average as a starter but mm-hmm. i want to put him and none of this oh if we put him as a starter he'll be a steal for price a price range or we're only paying him four million dollars to be a dominant starter. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. I'm yeah, not we're not the Kansas City Royals. We're, we're not yeah. the Kansas City Royals. That's a good way to put I mean, it. Yeah, we're Put not... him in the bullpen where he's dominant, and he knows he's gonna be dominant. We're a high-paying organization, and I think a lot of the fans were upset that it felt like we're a medium-range organization. Where Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and especially Tampa Bay, where Heim Bloom came from that he just couldn't get out of that mind frame that he is in a big market now. And I I get that he was put in a bad situation with the salary cap and we're paying into the, um, okay, what's it called when you go over? The luxury tax. The luxury tax. And he stepped into that, you know, no fault of his own. And he had to get from underneath that. And some painful things were at, had to be done to make sure it happened. Uh, Bogarts had to go. I, mean, I think any fan appreciated that we all wanted him, but we could not afford him. And especially yeah. with what he got paid. But get back to Whitlock. Um, I like him in the eighth inning just because if our closer goes through another bout, like he just did over the weekend where he couldn't find home plate with a radar detector, um, or a minesweeper, or whatever you want to call <laughs> that Whitlock can step in and fill in that ninth inning, ninth inning spot because he's done it before. He's stepped into the closer position before. He's definitely has the confidence to do so. Um, now the seventh inning, it could be a laundry list of guys. I mean, who's your favorite for the seventh or the ninth? I guess Blyer's probably not one because. What I didn't see the injury that he went out with tonight. Evidently, he went out with an injury. Oh, you mean Schreiber? Schreiber, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my if 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 you had Whitlock, my seven eight nine would be Martin. Whitlock. Martin, I think Martin. Martin's a pretty solid. He's a solid guy. And my closer one A. To have a dominant bullpen, you need a closer and a closer one A. So it'd be like Jansen and um, Whitlock. And develop Whitlock into the long-term closer because I think he's good there. And I don't like Hauk in the bullpen. I know he's only good with the first time through the order, but I think he just needs experience because he's only he needs to start developing his third pitch. And we're we're not really seeing that whether that be the, his cutter or his splitter. He needs to he needs to work on his pitch selection the second and third time through the order. And the only way to do that is is if he gets experience through the order. So. Point being, I want Hauk in that rotation. But yeah, my 789 would definitely be Martin, Whitlock, Jansen. And then that just that also sets us up in the future because you'd have Whitlock as the long-term closer, you know? Yeah. I, I That was my vision when he came over. I was like, this guy's a closer. He has the personality, uh, the confidence to be a closer. But once again, my, my favorite manager in all of baseball – yeah, I I don't see how he mismanages the bullpen so badly. 
yeah. it, it, it's painful to watch. Um, he, he he goes with the the old school lefty. Oh, if it's a lefty, it's got to be a lefty. Righty versus righty. Like, that's garbage, man. I mean, guys are up there. They're a lot better hitting lefty on lefty than they were five, ten years ago. It drove me nuts tonight when he pulled out um, uh, Duran and put in Ref Snyder. He's done that a few times this year. What message are you sending to this kid that he's only good for 50% of the time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean get the he's other one of your is, best hitters on the team. Yeah, I know. It's it's like pulling debt. No, maybe not as much no. as pulling debt. It yeah. actually, you know what? It is like pulling Devers. Devers is only hitting two in the low to mid 250s. It's like pulling the guy who's like one of the hottest hitters in the lineup and he putting is. in a guy for matchup reasons. You know, Verdugo, Duran, and I would say Devers are definitely the hottest. Uh, hitters on the team. I mean, Cora said before he'll never pinch hit for Alex Verdugo, which is awesome. I love yeah. to see it. I love to see it from him. I mean, back to Cora. I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. I think when it t- when it comes to like guys with Hauk, Cora puts he put Hauk in like I think the other day his last start. No, it was against Toronto. He put it. He put Hauk out there for like the sixth inning to face the bottom of the order. And that's just a lot. It just shows confidence that Cora has the trust in Hauk. I think. Yeah. He's done and, that to a few guys this season. Yeah. He struggled again tonight going into the sixth inning. Uh, I don't know if it's arm strength or the, he's not a big kid that he still needs to build up um, confidence. But I, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to Kiki Rodriguez, man. Uh, he's just falling off a cliff. You know what year. it is? I, I I think I think it is the fact that he's just playing shortstop and he has to focus in on like playing the position more. I feel I feel like he's more comfortable in center field and that also helps on the bat. I I just feel like just mentally or the mentality is different. Yeah, but he has to realize there's no way in. The only way he gets into this lineup is at shortstop. Because the outfield is spoken for. Duvall is going to come back sooner or later. And more than likely at this way, at this point, I'm putting Duvall a, a designated hitter and giving the outfield breaks every now and then and filling him into the outfield because Turner's not really doing much. And the fact that he's still in the three-hole uh, in the cold streak he, he's been in, once again, as much as Cora and this is what bothers me too. And I, I guess it's part of the new philosophy in baseball is that, gotcha, that you you can't, you always have to give guys days off and you can't play them constantly, constantly, constantly. It's just frustrating because there's no consistency to the team. I felt like during that eight game winning streak, there was consistency to the team because that lineup, was, it felt like that lineup was always in there. And since then, and yeah, St. Louis, they come in and they, they pitch, outpitched us, they outhit us. Um, there's just inconsistency. And unfortunately, Kiki is probably the odd man out. He, he might be part of that a trade um, down the line. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, I don't know. I totally forget what I was going to say. What's the score of the hockey game? 
one nothing Dallas still in the third okay. period with just under four uh fifteen minutes left. Well, it's nine to one um Mariners. Oh God. <laughs> Jeremy just texted me. He goes, What the F am I still watching this game for? <laughs> Why is he well he's still watching? Why is he torturing uh, himself? I know. <laughs> oh, Dave O'Brien. Yeah. Um I'm I'm curious because we did, we're both hockey fans. Uh no, I'm, you're definitely year, more than me. I I just started hockey. Oh, okay. Uh I, you can I, ask I, me though. Is there something that you want to wrap up with? I just take two minutes. I wanted to get your feeling on the Bruins. I know it was disappointing, but no, seeing what how they dominated, I think they dominated Toronto, which was a star-studded team. It, it made me feel better about the Bruins losing. It doesn't feel, make me feel great, but it made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. They're so, a tougher, stronger team than Boston was. Yeah, exactly. So here's where I'm at with that. Basically... I'll be I'll feel better if if Florida beats Carolina somehow. Florida better not win the cup. Because if Florida wins the cup, it's just gonna be like, wow, if we beat them, we probably would have won the cup. Simple as that. So I want them to lose to the team in the West that makes it out. Which I think is gonna be Vegas, personally. They're just a they're so they're such a good team. But I don't want Vegas because if Vegas wins it all, then Ooh, Bruce Cassidy. Like, yeah. It, it, I never it did sucks. I never did not like Bruce Cassidy. He just lost his voice in that locker room. Yeah. So and, I, I think that's uh, why Krejci left. If Cassidy coached this team this year in the playoffs, they had gone a lot further because Monte, Monte Montgomery just didn't have the experience in it showed. Yeah. He misplayed his goalies. Uh he misplayed his lineups, but uh, we got a short time left here, so I, I did want to talk about. Do you have any what any predictions for the rest of the season? My top prediction, I for think, for the Bruins or for the Red Sox? no, for the Red Sox. So okay. Let's let, let's finish with the Red Sox. I, I want, I hope, and this is my far out right field. Bale throws a no hitter. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I'll buy that take. I'll buy that take against what team though? Uh, <laughs> and I'm Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas Royals. City. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'll buy that, and that would scream to me that he's a future race if he can do that. I love but, his stuff. I love watching him. I love watching yeah. him as much as I watch Devers getting in at the F at bat. Mm. I, I'm I'm very excited for Bayo. I just don't want him to get sent down again because I think oh like you you said this before like oh he has options. You know, do what's best for the team at the moment. I think what's best for the team, and I don't know what the direction of the team is, per, like, personally. As fan, as a fan, I think that's still unclear to me. But I'm willing to bet they have an inning count on him, too. But he didn't start until later in the season. So I don't know if that's 150 innings. I, I doubt it's 200. I bet it's no. around the 150 range. There's no there's no way Bayo is going to get 150 innings. There's no, no way. There's just no way. Not at this point. Because they'll still skip a couple more starts with them, especially with the rotation the way it is still. Uh, they're still going to throw Klubot out there. They're still going to throw Pavetta out there and get absolutely destroyed. Uh, I'm happy to see Sale has found his stuff. I don't know um, if he dipped his toe in his, uh, some type of spring or something because 99 miles an hour, holy crap, I didn't Found see that coming. Yeah, yeah, the found of youth. And yeah, and we all saw, and I'll allude to one more point. We, I never thought I'd see this day come, and I'm kind of sad 
that Ryan Brazier DFA. I'm kind of sad. I don't know why. Like I saw, <laughs> I'm like, this is the moment we've been waiting for, but just well, it's one less the- team. It's one less player off their last championship team too. But yeah. I think there's only Verdugo Two. and Devers. No, right? no, it's Devers and Sale. That's it. Verdugo wasn't. Oh, remember, that's right. Verdugo's Verdugo Mookie. There. Yeah. That's the Mookie Bucks. Yep. So oh, yeah. only two players left to yeah. go back just five years. Jesus so uh, I have you had Mr. Taylor on yet? He He's he's next. OK, he's your winner. He's going to be your winner. I mean, the, the man is as charismatic as silk butter. Hey, <laughs> I I want to go move to Texas and be adopted by the man just because he's so charismatic. Oh so plus I'm extremely I have a huge man crush on his man cave that he has down there. And I want to I want to get a first hand tour. So I heard he's, you I heard he want, he's see, looking at houses in Boston too. Yeah, I don't think he's that smart in doing that. So that's where I, that's the only piece. I'm like, dude, you you realize the what you're biting here? You you the people up there. You you know this firsthand. The people up there enjoy being miserable. Yeah, and finding something to be miserable about. If you don't if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to WEI for five seconds and you'll figure that one out. If if oh. if all these Boston teams are not if even if they're winning, and or even if they suck, there's always something to rip on. Like Falgar and Maz rip on the Bruins all the time, like all the time. This in the regular season, they're like, yeah. yeah, this team sucks, and here's why. When we get back, I know we only got a couple minutes left. Um, yeah. I'm not a Celtics fan. What's your prediction? Oh, I think uh, that's a good. Hmm. Who are they going up against? Miami. So okay, playoff Jimmy Butler. I think. I think, I think it won't be as series. close as people will think. I think the fact that they're they came out hot after this game seven win is a good sign. I think they live think, and die I by the three. That's that's what worries me. They live and die by the three. Yeah. And you can get Ray Allen is not walking through that door who shoots consistently from the three pointer. But I, I appreciate the time, man. This was fun. Yeah, um, I think I think one more thing. I think it's the Celtics to lose for the NBA championship. I think it's theirs to lose right God, now. God, I hope it's not first the Lakers. I can't, I can't, I can't stomach LeBron. having to listen to LeBron and the Broniacs out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jeff, it's 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 always a pleasure, and I'll definitely yeah. have you on soon again. Yeah, and we'll definitely awesome. have you back on off the monster and can't some Twitter day. Twitter spaces too. Oh my god! I love yeah, them. we got to do a Twitter space when they play the Yankees. That's, that's oh yeah, a, that's a oh, given. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, my friend. Looks like we're wrapping up here. Have a great night, and I look forward to talking to you. Alrighty, deuces.